So, good morning, everyone. Good morning. <laughs> Greetings to everyone here. Um, I'm really grateful to be speaking to you today on traditional Algonquin unceded territory. So, thank you very much for, for inviting me to do this. I really love talking about the work that I do. Um, so I'll be sharing some of the work that I'm involved in related to Indigenous history or heritage. Uh, I work as the executive director for the Ayanschaugom Cree Cultural Institute, which is our regional cultural institute for our territory of EUSG in, um, in northern Quebec. And uh, you'll see a slide here. That's a, um, a picture of our building. It was designed by, a, by Douglas Cardinal. So... The area in blue there in Quebec is our territory. Uh, we call our territory EUSG. And uh, you can see that it's quite a large territory. It covers a large portion of Quebec. We have 10 Cree communities that we serve. Um, I'm from the community of Chisasibi. And um, that is one of our northernmost communities. So it's on the, um, the, most, the northern coast of uh, James Bay. Our cultural institute is at the southern end of our territory in a community called Ujibugumu. Um, what we do is we're a regional uh, museum, library, archives, research center, education center, and traditional knowledge repository. And we run programming in language and culture maintenance, um, education, traditional knowledge, arts and crafts, uh, archaeology and toponymy. And we have a large research and um, data repository program. I also serve as the board of, of a as um, a director of the, on the board of directors of the Canadian Museum Association, um, and I'm part of a national council that oversees the enactment of the um, Truth and Reconciliations Commission's um, calls to actions related to museums. So, really central to the work that I do is a belief that Indigenous heritage is a right, and it's a um, and that everyone has a right to their heritage. Um, we use our heritage to build our identity and to create our identities as people. And it's our heritage that provides us with the space and the references within which to, to ground our identity. Um, through the history of this country, this right has been denied to Indigenous peoples in various ways. You know, there have been the various acts of civilization and assimilation that the government has implemented from Confederation on. There has been the forced um, placement of First Nations onto reserves and the ensuing changes of lifestyles and ability to practice tradition. There have been federal laws making the practice of traditional ceremony illegal. Um, and then there's the residential school program and the outcomes of that, I think, that a lot of us are really well aware of. Generations upon generations have been affected. Languages, and in a lot of cases, have been decimated, almost beyond repair. The transmission of culture has been disrupted through the aims of cultural genocide. And there are too many effects to do justice in, um, in discussion here, but... I think one thing it's important to acknowledge and that we should discuss and continually discuss um, until we've figured out how to, how to repair is that the Anglican Church is, is specifically implicated in the residential school experiences of many Indigenous people. In this way, the Anglican Church is guilty of denying culture, language, traditions, transmissions of these from parents to child, and in effect is guilty of attempting cultural genocide. To be perfectly candid, as an Indigenous person 
whose family was and continues to be profoundly affected by the residential school experience and who was raised as an Anglican. This is difficult to reconcile. There are so many times in my life that I've relied on my faith to carry me through. But there are also so many times that I've been cognizant of the many intergenerational effects of traumas caused by the residential school experience that have played out of my life, and I've wondered, why am I here? But I think what I really have held on to is the fact that we're all implicated in this, and the only way for us to come through it is to come through it together and to remain together and to stay together. And I think that's really the key to re reconciliation. I think we all need to do what we can, and I think we all need to acknowledge the difficult truths that got us here in the first place. And that's why I do the work that I do. I believe that because the denial of heritage caused so much harm, that the ensuring of access to heritage is really our key to healing. I believe that in working to strengthen Indigenous languages, to ensure the transmission of culture and traditions, to support the continuation of ceremonies and spiritual beliefs, as Indigenous peoples, we contribute to the healing of our communities and our nations, and ensure the strength and integrity of future generations. Within our communities in EUSG, the church missionaries actively sought to separate us from large parts of our culture. And the residential school experiences worked to break the possibility of transmission from generation to generation. The work that my institute does now is focused on a large, on large part on reclaiming our heritage. Since opening, we've run a research program in Beaded Hoods, and I've got a few slides here to show you our beaded hoods. These were worn by women in our communities, but also in other communities across the country, and were part of our spiritual and ceremonial life. In this slide here, you see um, women from the early 1800s in one of our communities uh, that's now known as Wiskaganish. And you can see the um, pointed hoods that they, that they wore. So, the certain women, these would have been certain women who were recognized as hood bearers and they had re special responsibilities within their families and their communities. Um, the knowledge of these hoods and their use was nearly lost in our communities. So we've been working on a research program to relearn about our, our knowledge about the hoods and to make sure that it's disseminated to our communities through um, education programming. There's one of our researchers working with one of our elders. And on the right there, you can see one of the, one of the hoods that we have at our institute. And this is um, a hood that we actually brought back from a museum that was in um, Montreal. And we returned it to its home community of Miss Disney. And we found the family who's, um, who was uh, descended from the original hood bearer in the early 1800s. And uh, we were able to reunite the family with this piece of their, their heritage. So we also are running a program right now in um, painted caribou hides. And these are also important to our spiritual and our ceremonial lives. And they really are um, an expression of our worldview. And, but the knowledge about them has really almost been forgotten in our communities. 
So right now, we're running a research program with our elders uh, to relearn the knowledge and make sure that it goes out into the communities about these hoods. And just this past week, we had um, a group of elders at the Canadian Museum of History in Gatineau, and they were working in the labs and the storage uh, facilities there with our, our researchers. And so we were relearning from the elders what their um, memories of their grandparents um, that their grandparents had to, were passed on to them about these. So when we do these research, this research with elders, we are able to access information that's memories that are, you know, two centuries from two centuries ago. So it's really been a valuable um, a journey for us. So the work that we do is important not only to maintaining culture and language, but also to ensuring that we're telling our own stories from our own perspective. In too many ways and in too many Canadian institutions, Indigenous peoples have been misrepresented by non-Indigenous authorities. History has been written from a certain convenient perspective, and Indigenous peoples and their cultures have been represented from a certain convenient perspective. School programming and public education programming, such as that of museums and archives, are specifically implicated in this misrepresentation. And we work to show the ways that Indigenous histories, cultures, peoples have been misrepresented or even just plain written out of history. The wider public education system made up of museums, art galleries, archives, libraries, and arts organizations needs to be challenged right now. They have historically supported a colonial agenda in their public programming, but they're also places where powerful counter-narratives can be written from Indigenous perspectives. And I believe that those of us who are involved in any way, either as producers of programming or consumers of programming, as you know, an audience or as a creator, need to take part in developing healing narratives. Mainstream institutions such as the Anglican Church need to heed, value, and embrace the important counter-narratives that are being presented for consideration. And I think that's really what this is all about today. And um, so I'm really grateful for the opportunity to speak here today. As Indigenous peoples, we need to tell our stories, and we need to have control over information that's shared about us. Heritage as a right is an inheritance and includes all the ways that we tell ourselves into the future. It's our children's inheritance. And we constantly need to think about what we want our children to inherit. We need to safeguard those vehicles that we have to pass on heritage, culture, and language to our children. And we need to work to promote the importance of our cultural institutes, our own school programs, our right to maintain our languages and our cultures in the ways we see fit. And we need allies. And this is what I meant when I said earlier that we're really all in this together. We know pretty well where things went wrong. Most of us have recognized and acknowledged all the ways in which past actions of the churches and the governments have damaged Indigenous peoples, communities, nations, families, and futures. And there's already a growing acknowledgement out there. Canadian organizations and institutions are picking up on the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's calls to action, and the United Nations Declaration on Indigenous, the Rights of Indigenous Peoples assertion that Indigenous peoples have heritage rights, including culture, language, traditions, spirituality, traditional knowledge, and education. There are many ways to be an ally. When you visit a museum or an art gallery, 
You could ask if indigenous materials and collections were curated by indigenous curators. Ask why labeling and signage is not in the indigenous language of the territory. Around here, it should be in Algonquin. Ask if they have reached out to communities whose objects they hold to see if the objects are being stored properly, respected in a way the community is happy with, treated as, a, as properly as ceremonial items, and if they've asked the community if they would like the objects repatriated. Ask the school that your children attend how indigenous cultures, language, peoples, histories are treated in the curriculum and insist that these be presented from authentic indigenous viewpoints by indigenous people. Ask your school board how colonial history is taught. How are they problematizing and critiquing the story of confederation, the history of Western expansion, the actions of John A. Macdonald and his government? Ask whose traditional territory you're on at home and in your travels. Ask why indigenous place names are not used to honor indigenous languages, knowledges, and stories. If you feel comfortable reaching out to your MP, there are three federal bills in play right now, and I've listed them here. And they all have to do with support for indigenous languages. So this is a really important time politically in terms of indigenous heritage. There's an Indigenous Language Act being written right now and into next year for next, um, next parliamentary session. It's a joint effort between the federal government and Indigenous organizations, and it's meant to support um, language, Indigenous language maintenance and promotion um, federally. You could tell your MP that that kind of legislation um, is something that's really needed and that you hope it means real and authentic support both te technically and financially for Indigenous people. Um, MP Romeo Saganash, who is um, the MP for the territory our cultural institute is in our communities, um, has just had a bill passed through the House of Commons that's really important right now to those of us who work in Indigenous heritage. It's an act to ensure the laws of Canada are in harmony with the United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People, and it will ensure that the federal government fully implements the UN Declaration that recognizes Indigenous heritage rights. So what you could do is you could tell your member of parliament that Canada needs to support this bill in a real and authentic way. And it might also be helpful to remind them that Canada was one of a tiny minority of four countries that refused to ratify the United Nations Declaration of, on the Rights of Indigenous People. Um, there's another MP named Bill Casey, who is from Nova Scotia, and he has a bill that has just passed its second reading that has to do with repatriating um, Indigenous cultural property. And this bill will support Indigenous efforts to repatriate important objects to their communities. In many cases, these are important ceremonial objects that should be a, a part of the community's spiritual life. In other cases, these are actual ancestors, as many museums still incarcerate human remains. Although, and through this bill, the government should ensure practical, technical, and financial support to get work done. So those are just some of the ways to be involved as an ally in ensuring that Indigenous communities and people are able to access their heritage, 
I have some links that I've given to Father Stephen so that they can be placed on the church Facebook page in case you'd like to know more information about uh, these important pieces of, lit of legislation. And uh, there'll also be some printouts of um, some news stories on them in the coffee room for later if you'd like to look at them. So thank you for listening to me and for being here today and inviting me here today. I really think that access to our heritage is key to our healing. And I think that because our right to heritage as Indigenous people was severed through the re residential school system, that Indigenous heritage as a right really needs to be reaffirmed. But I also believe that we can all have a part in this, whether we're Indigenous or not. Sure, I speak on behalf of all of us to say thank you very much, Sarah, for what you shared with us, but also for the work that you do. I, I really think it's God's work in what you're doing. Here's a tradition in uh, there's a first uh, there's a tradition in Indigenous culture of making a gift of tobacco, and so please accept this on our behalf and say and I, I say miigwech on behalf of our church for all you do uh, for your community, uh, for God's work in this world, and for what you've done for us today. Thank you. Thank you.